All right. What a great season we're in, the Christmas season. It's a wonderful time of the year. We're going to um, take communion together. Uh, so if you haven't got uh, a bread and the cup, if you put your hands up and one of the team can hopefully bring some around to you. And of course, those who are joining us online this morning too, now's the time to maybe go and raid the pantry, and grab some biscuit and some juice as we come and share communion together. I was, um, <clears throat> I was reminded throughout the week when my two daughters were very young that when we open presents on Christmas Day, you can all imagine this, the, the wrapping is colourful and bright and there's an air of excitement in the room. My daughters would rip open the presents, the boxes, and they would put the presents over on the side and they would play with the boxes and the wrapping. Has anyone else ever seen that happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's something about wrapping, isn't there? It's, it fixates people. It's bright. It's colourful. It's, it draws people to it. And uh, I used to laugh when I saw my kids doing that. Why bother buying them a present? You just get them a box with a bit of wrapping and it'd be fine. They'd be more than happy. Uh, but it reminded me about when Jesus came. We all know that when Jesus arrived, hope arrived. When Jesus came, hope came. And as you read the accounts of the birth of Jesus, one of the things you notice is that he was wrapped in swaddling linen. Now, let me just be really clear. This was not neatly pressed, dry cleaned linen. This was probably linen found in the stable that had been sullied and dirty. And, and that's all they had to wrap this gift of hope in at the time. And whilst it seems so inadequate, it actually reflects the heart of Jesus. You see, Jesus wouldn't want to have come to this earth with the glitz and the glamour that maybe we think he should. He was quite happy to humble himself and, and, to, and to be as a man, as, as a human. And then if you go along 33 or so years, here's Jesus up on the cross. And, um, and the soldiers unwrap him. And it actually records in the book of John, we're going to read it. In verse 23, I think, the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to each soldier apart, and also the tunic. Now, the tunic was without seam, woven from the top in one piece. They said, therefore, amongst themselves, let us not tear it, but let's cast lots for it, whose it shall be. That the scripture might be fulfilled, I don't think they said this, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which says they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing, they cast lots. So joy entered, a peace into the world. And once again, like my kids, they were fixated with the external things, the wrapping. They were more concerned about a piece of his clothing, his tunic. They were fixated on that. And yet they didn't realise that just hanging right there next to them was the hope of the world. You see, when Jesus died, hope didn't die. When Jesus died... Hope only got started because the, the, the most important work was done between his crucifixion and his resurrection because he conquered death, he wrought victory and he rose from the dead and he brought reconciliation between God and us, his people. What is it about fixating on temporary things? What is it about 
getting fixated on things that draw our attention. You see, as we enter into this Christmas season, it's easy for us to get fixated on the glitz and the glamour. It's easy for us to get fixated on maybe things that are more obvious to our eyes and our senses. For example, uh, maybe, maybe we're, we've, we've been challenged this year with, with sickness and it's taken our attention. It's consumed us. Maybe we've had relationship breakdowns in our families or our work community or even in the church and it it's take, takes up all of our time and effort and energy. Maybe our finances haven't quite been where we wanted them to be. Maybe things have happened throughout the year that we, we weren't expecting and neither intended that to happen. We've probably all got those, right? Am I the only one? No. Good. Whew, you had me worried there for a moment. We've all got these things going on and they, we can become fixated on these things. We really can. And yet we're now reminded, and this, and this is what communion to me is about, it's reminding us that, that hope hasn't died. Hope is very much alive. But it's no longer coming in the form of a baby. It's no longer hanging on a cross. It's now living inside of you and me. Right? See, it, it's Christ in us, the hope and the glory. So that's who we are. And, and, and I guess what I wanted to encourage us over this particular season is, is to see ourselves as the hope of your world. It's the hope of, of your family, the hope of your workplace, the hope of your community. You see, Jesus isn't hanging on a cross anymore. He's living vibrantly within you. Vibrantly within you. And yet, sometimes we don't live that way. We don't live that way. We focus on the relationship problem. Well, you know what? You are the, you are the hope to your family. You are the hope to your marriage. You are the hope to the broken relationships with your children. You are the hope to those who are sick amongst you, those who are lonely in your community. You are the hope. Often we say, you know, Jesus loves you, but the only way people know Jesus loves them is if we love them. Because Jesus has called us to that. So as we meditate on Jesus today, the hope of the world, and as we take the elements, we can take these things with great hope. Great hope. We can identify with the hope that Jesus has in us. You see, I don't want to know about Jesus and the power of his resurrection. I don't want to know about them. I want to know Jesus. And I want to know the power of his resurrection. I don't want to know about them. And the only way we know them is by living them out. And so over this Christmas season, can I challenge you? Can I challenge you to see yourself as the hope of every circumstance that you face over this period, not just over Christmas, but every day of your life. You are the hope. And the hope in you is only because we have hope in him and what he achieved on the cross. Is that okay? Yeah. So let's stand. We are going to take these elements together. And what I'd like to do, firstly, this is always fun with the, uh, with the bread, isn't it? It's trickier for me because if I spill it, you all know about it. <laughs> but what I'd like us to do together is to actually break the bread. Because it says that his body was broken for us. I'd like us to do that. But before we do, let's pray. Jesus... 
we uh, come before you, we thank you, Lord, for the fact that you arrived on this earth bringing hope to those who are hopeless to ourselves. Lord, we thank you that even on the cross, whilst you died, hope didn't die, but hope was doing its perfect work. And we also thank you today that even 2,000 years later, your hope is still vibrant and alive and working in your people today for the betterment of our community, our city, our homes, our workplaces, our church. Jesus, we, we lift you up today. We celebrate you right now. Your word says that if you are lifted up, you will draw all unto you. And we come before you today. We are drawn to your goodness. We're drawn to your hope. And as we lift you up, we just know others will be also drawn to you and lifted up as well. And we just thank you for you paying that price for us. The price that we could never pay. You paid it for us, the perfect sacrifice, so we could live in this place of hope every day of our life because of your love and goodness. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the bread representing the Lord's broken body. Let's break it together and then let's eat it remembering the Lord's broken body for us. Praise you, God. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's drink the cup now, remembering the Lord's spilt blood shed for us. This is our life. This is our victory in Jesus Christ. Let's drink it together. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give him a shout of praise. Let's lift him up right now. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our honour. There is no one else worthy of our praise and honour like Jesus. Amen. God. Thank you, Lord. Someone's lost their hat. Any takers? It's mine. <laughs> Not going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> 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 Joy, to, <laughs> Joy to the world. Amen. Come on. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, I love the story of Christ's birth. Amen. Anyone else? Yeah, because it's truly, truly miraculous. And it reminds me that he's actually placed faith in our heart to believe for miracles. Amen. We, we believe in, 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 in the birth of Christ. Yeah. We believe in miracles. Why don't you turn to someone and say, we believe in miracles. What an amazing. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You know, many can be sitting here with things in their lives, circumstances in their lives today. And I believe that there is. I believe that everyone here has something that they would love a breakthrough with this Christmas. Anybody give me a wave with that? Hallelujah. Well, I believe that the Christmas story reminds us that we can believe in miracles, that God has placed faith in our heart for miracles. Turn to someone and say, you can have that miracle. 
Hallelujah. You know, you can receive that miracle. You can receive restored relationships. You can receive healing. Amen. You can receive miraculous provision this Christmas. Allow the Holy Spirit to remind you that you've already believed one of the greatest miracles. Well, the greatest miracles that one could ever believe. And that is that that Christ was born of a virgin. Amen. Hallelujah. You already, you have the capacity to believe that. You can believe for anything. Turn to someone and say, you can believe for anything. God has placed faith in our heart for miracles. Amen. God has placed faith in every one of our hearts to believe for miracles. So nobody is here today. No one that is here today is facing anything that Christ is not greater than. Amen. That the spirit of God in you is not greater than. No one has hurt you so badly that you haven't got the capacity to forgive. Amen. Nobody's body is broken so badly that you haven't got the in internal power of God to actually release healing into your own flesh. Amen. Someone give me a shout with that. You know, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The healing power of God resides within us. The restorative power of God resides within us. Each and every one of us. Praise God. That's something to celebrate this Christmas. Amen. Hallelujah. Joy to the world. The Savior has come. Amen. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Father. You see, the Christmas story, as Scott was just sharing so beautifully, is full of hope. I remember when I heard it for the first time after I was saved. Does anyone remember what it meant the first time that you heard the Christmas story after you were saved? The, the first time you heard carols after you were saved. They took on a whole new dimension, didn't they? You, you, you recognized the power in them. You heard the words. Really, for the first time, your spirit was alive to God. You know, I believe that God wants to pour out, even this morning, right now as we gather together, the freshness of our first love. Amen? The freshness of, of that love that was first ignited when we came to know him for the very first time. Hallelujah. In Luke 2, uh, verse 11 says, For there is born to you this day. You know, personalize Christmas for yourself and your own family uh, with this scripture. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. That's something to shout about. Amen. Can we say glory to God in the highest? Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth and goodwill towards everyone. Amen. His will is good towards each and every one of us today. But when we look at this, this beautiful story, we see the question could be, why did he send Jesus? He sent Jesus to take back what had been stolen, to restore us back to himself, to receive his family back. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word says, the angel said, behold, a saviour is born. He is born. Amen? What the world needed more in that time, nothing more than that they did a saviour as today. I don't believe there's 
the world has ever been in a place where they need a saviour more. Is that right? Yes, hallelujah. We have him. We carry him. We know him. We worship him. Amen. The same stands today more than ever. The harvest is so very, very ripe. Have you noticed in this season? Amen. So, so very, very ripe. Hallelujah. You know, when I was, I went um, in one outing the other day, I met two elderly gentlemen. It was, it was, it was quite, um, quite incredible. I actually met one in the lift going down to do my shopping. And, and I asked him how he was. I just said, how are you doing? And he said, oh, well, um, good. I said, are you, are you going, um, he said, not bad. I said, are you going up or down? Because I was in the lift. And he said, oh, no, down. Oh, no, down. And I know what he was saying. I said, oh, mate, you don't want to go down. You need to go up. You know, and we had a little conversation. I said, oh, you need to go up. You know, I said, and we, we were talking. I said, oh, man, Jesus is the way up. Jesus is the way up. And immediately he went to his works. He said, oh, he actually thought, he said, he said, I haven't done anything wrong, but I know I'm going down. And I said, you know what? The only thing you do wrong, mate, is not believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It's still a matter of believing in the Lord Jesus and then you'll make sure that you'll go up. Amen. You'll go up for sure. Anyway, that was the end of our conversation. But it was a scream because I went and did my shopping, got in the lift again. And I was going up. And there was an elderly gentleman in the lift. One elderly gentleman going down, one elderly gentleman going up. And uh, it, was, it was quite miraculous actually because... Nobody interfered with us the whole time. There was no one else in the lift. There was no one waiting for the lift. But when I got into the lift to go up with this gentleman, his name was John, we started a conversation. We actually got to the level we both wanted to be on, so I stuck my trolley in the middle of the, of the door so that it wouldn't close on us. And we were having a conversation, and he told me that he was, he was going in to have his heart operated on that week, just last week. And... Um, you could see the fear all over him. And he was so open for prayer. So I'm standing there with the trolley and he asked him if he would have me pray. And I prayed for him. And you know, the peace of God, the peace of God, peace on earth and goodwill toward all men. I connected with the peace of God. The peace of God was what saved me. And, and released that peace and you could see his whole countenance change as I prayed for him. And for his heart. And I was thinking at the time, man, you know, you don't have to look. You don't have to seek. People are in front of us day in and day out who need the hope that Christ came to give them. Amen. What a beautiful season. What a wonderful gift to be able to pray for people and encourage them. So I just encourage you in that. The harvest is so ripe in this time. You know, when God gifted us with Jesus, he actually gifted himself with us. Because you cannot give without receiving. He wanted us, so he gave his only son. He gave his son and received us. Hallelujah. Amen. And of course, Christ is now seated with him in heavenly places. And we're there too. We see there in, in Acts 20 verse 35, Paul reminds us of what Jesus said. It says, and remember the words of Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than receive. Hallelujah. Father God was blessed when he gave. Yeah. 
When he gave his son, he received us. Hallelujah. You know, I realized that scripture, or as I was meditating on today, I was thinking about that scripture when he says, it's more blessed to give than receive. And I remembered my grandmother, a couple of stories here today. I remembered my grandmother when she would give us a gift. If we never used it as much as she thought we should use it, she would say to us, don't you like what I gave you? Didn't you like that gift? Yeah? It was because that she was more blessed to see us enjoy it than she was to give it. Her blessing was us enjoying it. Her blessing was in us receiving the gift. Amen? It is truly more blessed to give than to, to, give than to receive. But you know, the good thing about it is you're blessed when you give and you're blessed when you receive. So everybody's happy. Amen. This is a season where everybody needs to be happy and they will be if we all give. You know, like I, I get a bit concerned when people start tightening up their giving at Christmas. You know, that's a concern to me. Why? Because we're blessed when we give. It's impossible to not be blessed when you give. When you position your heart in Christ. Amen. He's on the inside of us and he is generous. Amen. When we position our heart correctly, we are so much more blessed to give than to receive. But it's blessing all around. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. The blessing is in the giving. Gift giving blesses those who give and those who receive. It's a two-way street. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You know, we see in Genesis where God said, let us make man in our own image. You know, angels had no concept of what man was. The species called mankind did not exist at that time. But he said, I am going to give them dominion. I'm going to I create them and I'm going to give them dominion. So before he gave us dominion, he had already given us everything. You see, the giving nature of God. I love that. I believe that there's a release on the inside of us this Christmas to give. But we're giving, but position ourselves in that place of, wow, release our, release our hearts to God and enjoy the fact that it is good to give. You know, fear is the thing that robs us of the blessing of giving. But God wants us to deal with the fear and, and, and give out of a generous heart and not hold back. Hallelujah. Why? Because he wants to pour back into our lives. Because there's so much that he has for us that he wants to pour into our lives generously. Amen. He wants to multiply what you give and give generously back to you so that you can continue to give and to give and to give and to give. We need to deal with that fear. We need to deal with that fear of lack because in Christ we have everything. Amen. He has given us everything and he multiplies the seed as we sow. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. When you give a gift this Christmas, it will bless you. And when you receive a gift, it will bless you. He has so much for us. Luke 2 verse 10 says, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Turn to someone and say, It's not a time to be afraid. Man, it's not a time to hold back. It's time to rejoice. Thank you, Father. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Hallelujah. There we see again, I bring, I'm bringing something. 
I'm bringing tidings. I'm bringing the word. The word that I'm bringing this morning should fill you with joy and peace and hope. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. This message brings joy into people's lives. It's not the cost of the gift. The gift, it's not the cost of the gift. But it's just that someone would think enough of you to give you something. You know, Jesus thought enough of us to give us everything. But you know, the joy of receiving is that someone thought of me enough to give me something. Yeah? Someone thought of me. My name is on the card. I said, my name is on the card. Yeah? And your name is written in heaven. Amen? Hallelujah. My name is on that card. Amen? Someone identified value for me and gave me something. It's what it's all about. It's valuing one another. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God said in the book of Genesis, let's create man in our own image and give them dominion over everything. Everything means everything. Yeah? What does everything mean? Look it up. It means everything. Check it out. Yeah? You don't have to be a scholar to know what everything means. He's given us everything and he's given us dominion over it. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's read in, we'll see that in Genesis 1.26. And God said, then God said, let us make man in our own image according to our, our likeness. You are created in the image of God. <laughs> Woo! Hey, you want to see what God looks like? Look in the mirror. Amen? Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. What did Satan want to do? He wanted to steal everything. He wanted to steal God's gift to himself. He came to steal God's gift to himself. What was his gift to himself? Mankind. You and I. Mankind. To receive back the gift that he gave to himself, mankind. He had to give the gift of his only begotten son. In his response, God gave him and, and received all at the same time. He gave and received all at the same time. Amen. Turn to someone and say, he received you. When he gave Jesus, he received you to himself. Amen. Hallelujah. He got you back. He's not only got you back, but he got you back. Hallelujah. Amen. Hey, want to shout with that one? Yes, Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Bless the Lord. For unto us a Saviour was born. The angels proclaimed it. Man couldn't proclaim it. Mankind at this time, when Christ was born, they, they, they were steeped in sin to the degree that they did not proclaim a Saviour, but they proclaimed a Messiah. But even the king of the Jews at that time, which was Herod, had to call upon the people to hear what the prophets had said. But the Gentiles, the Magi, I don't know, everyone calls them, says it different. The Magi began to go on a journey to what? To worship God. Let's have a look in Matthew 2, verse 2. 
The scripture said, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. The interesting thing here is that the first people that went to worship, the first people that gave to him were Gentiles. Not his own people, not his own family, but the world. The first ones to give him anything were the Gentiles. Not his own. But in their mind, it was more than a gift. It was actually an act of worship. Where is he? For we have come to worship him. You know, that is the reason for the season. The reason for this season is to worship him. Amen? Hallelujah. I wonder how many others saw the star. These people saw the star, but never recognized it. Even though they were religious, they didn't believe. Amen? But what we can learn for this is to know where God is. If To know where he is and to find him, you're going to have to look to the light. You're going to have to look into the light, guys. You're not going to find him in the darkness. If you want to find hope, you're going to have to look into the light. Yeah? Amen? If you, if you want restoration, you're going to have to look in the light. You won't find it in the darkness. They looked upon a star and they said, hey, where are we going to find him? Amen? They saw a star and the star signifies a light. We won't find him in the darkness. Thank you, Father. What we can learn from this is if you want to know where God is, Look for the light. Look for the star. He's not in the dark. Look for the light. Thank you, Father. Because where the light is, there is power. Amen. You know, when you've got the power on in your house, the lights are on. Where there's light, there's power. If your lights turn on, there's power in the house. Amen. We carry the light of God. We carry the life of God. You know, I believe people are going to be like moths, moths coming to a light. If you turn the light on the outside and the moths come, that's what it's going to be like. You're going to, you're going to stumble over people that are looking for the light. Because it's getting so dark out there, they want light. Amen? They want hope. They want joy. They want peace. They want the Saviour. They're looking for the Saviour, but they don't even know they're looking for the Saviour, but they're looking at the light that's coming from you. Amen? Glory to God. Someone say the light's on the increase. Hallelujah. You see, it's not meant to go under a bushel. It's meant to be on the lampstand so that everyone can see. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. See, you can't stay in darkness when you seek God, when you seek the light by faith. You won't stay in darkness. If you're not looking to the star, you won't find it. If you're not looking to the light, you will not find it. Faith is a light that others cannot see. Faith is a light that others cannot see. Amen? But we can show them the way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You see, what the light is, it's heaven-born insight. It's born in heaven. You are born of God. It's heaven-born insight. Insight into him, into all that he is and all that he has done. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. But these Gentiles whom the Jews would have nothing to do with were coming to worship Jesus because they'd seen the light. You know, we have seen the light, so we come to worship Jesus. Is that right? We're here today to worship Jesus. Bless the Lord. 
They were willing to accept the unacceptable and take the persecution of the world for it, that they might worship him. Worship is so important. You know, that's why the scriptures say, bring me a minstrel so that I can worship him. Bring me a minstrel. Worship was the object of their long journey. And, you know, some of us can feel like we've had a long journey, even into peace and even into joy and even into breakthrough. Some of us are wanting and trying everything for that breakthrough, looking to everything for that breakthrough. But worship was the reason for their long journey. And, you know, we can find ourselves journeying. It's almost like we're going around the mountain, 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 mountain. God says, worship is your breakthrough. They journeyed to worship him. Worship is the key to our breakthrough. And worship for Jesus this Christmas will be the key to our breakthrough. Amen? That we worship Jesus in what we're doing. That everything is unto him. We worship him with our whole self. We worship him with our attitudes towards one another. I see reconciliation at families' tables. I see people forgetting the offences like they, hey, the spirit of <laughs> forgetfulness. You know, God says he remembers our sins no more. Get ready for the spirit of forgetfulness to land at your table where you cannot remember what happened. Amen? You can't remember it anymore. I release that right now. If God can forget, you can forget. If God can forget your sins, you can forgive others' trespasses. You can forget them. They can turn up in front of you and you can't remember what you were worried about. They can turn up in front of you and you can forget what, 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 what they said, what they did, their actions towards you. It no longer comes to your remembrance. Why? Because my worshipping God, my focus is on him. It's not on the offence. It's not on the criticism. It's not what you do and what you don't do that matters. It's what he has done that matters. Amen. Hallelujah. And he's done it. If he's done it for you, he's done it for me. So you can see me through the eyes of Christ. Woo, that'll do it right there. Bless the Lord. This is the way. The worship is the way. Worship under God is the way we attain peace, joy, and goodwill. Hallelujah. Come enter into worship in the highest form, and the highest form is faith. Hallelujah. They said to Herod <laughs> that we might worship him. And then he said, well, you go and tell me, you know, so I might come too. But they were not deceived. Those that work in the light, walk in the light, will not be deceived. Those that walk in darkness will grope around, but those that walk in the light will not be deceived. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Matthew 2, verse 7. Then Herod, when he had secretly called, we'll read what the scripture I just referred to, called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared and he said to them, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. But we know, don't we, that that was a trap. But wise men never fall into the trap. Hallelujah. Wise men don't fall into a trap. Wise men position themselves in the light. Wise men worship Jesus. Wise men bring the gift of their life to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We believe in him. We fellowship with him. We worship him. 
How did the wise men get to worship him? They believed and they saw the light. What was important to them was worshipping him. The Gentile and the Jew were at his cradle. Hallelujah. When a saviour comes, he comes for all. Turn to someone and say, he come for you. He came for you. He came for you. Worship always causes humility. The, the scriptures tell us that they prostrated themselves. Worship always causes humility to rise up. Worship always causes us to give our best. Not only did he, they give their best, but they, they laid prostrate before him. They humbled themselves. Thank you, Father. You know, the more you see of him, the more you experience of him, the more you humble yourself. Amen? The more he reveals himself to us, humility rises at the awesomeness of our God and the greatness and the goodness of our God. Hallelujah. Some, some, uh, some translations call the, the, the Magi um, kings. Wherever God is, wherever God is, we bring our best. They brought gold, frankincense, and they brought myrrh. myrrh. Yeah. Because when you worship, you, you bring your best. Gold for the king of kings. They brought gold for the king of kings. Frankincense for the priest of all. And myrrh for the sacrifice of all sacrifices. Hallelujah. Everything has its purpose. Those three gifts represented Jesus' life. Hallelujah. They brought their best. Do we bring our best? Do we bring our best? You know, it's a challenge to me. Am I, do we bring our best when we come? Do we bring our best? Do we bring our best to him? Do we come early for worship? You know, we need to come early for worship. They journeyed so long to worship him, yet they had not seen him. They'd seen a star. They journeyed a long way. They went through so much. There were bandits and everything, these caravans. There was a lot happening. They took a risk, a long risk to worship him. Yet they had not seen him. Yet we have seen him. Amen. That makes me want to run into worship. That makes me want to be here when that first chord is struck. That makes me want to live a life of worship. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't just arrive for the message because the worship makes the word way for the message to be heard. That's why they said, the psalmist said, bring me a minstrel so that I may prophesy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The greatest gift we've been given is the Saviour of the world. We're his sons and daughters and we worship him as kings and as priests. I'll repeat it. Our reason for the season is worship. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's think about that today. Let's think about that over Christmas. Amen. You know, we give our best. I want to give my best to my family this year. I want to give my best to my church family. I want you to receive his best today. 
we bring our best. Amen? To each other. We bring our best to the table. Glory to God. We bring him to the table. You know, I was thinking earlier that um, people um, often say happy holidays now. That they're not saying Merry Christmas, but they're saying Happy Holidays. You know, holidays is actually derived from holy. So happy holy days. Amen. You don't need to correct people but when they say happy holidays. Say happy holy days. For the days that we walk in are holy. Amen. Why? Because they are consecrated to him. Yeah? They belong to him. Our lives belong to him, church. He's not only saviour, but he needs to be decreed as Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. I said he needs to be known as Lord, not just saviour, but Lord. There's a big difference, yeah? Hallelujah. He's not only my saviour. He's not only given me, but he's become my Lord. Amen? And he is the reason I'm here to worship. He is the reason that I'm here to bring the message. He is the reason that we are here together today. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. The sweetest thing that happens at Christmas is a celebration of Jesus. He's the most wonderful gift to mankind. Thank you, Father. So no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, Jesus was born to save you. I said Jesus was born to save you. And Jesus was born to save me. Amen. Hallelujah, the saviour of the world. So it's so wonderful to give. It's a blessing to give and it's a blessing to receive. Hallelujah. So what we want to do now is we're going to give. We're going to give honours to some, some leaders in our church. We're going to honour them. We're going to give to them. And when I say we're going to, we are going to give to them, we are giving to them. We are blessing them as a church this morning. So as we bless the leaders of the departments in this church, as we give to them, you are giving to them along with us. So get ready to receive the blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.